0: To be honest, I was scared of reaching out for help because I was like, this could totally ruin my career.
1: Somebody to have a more proactive approach and that he was coming to me to be that person. They had found him and he committed suicide. I just started screaming. I just felt responsible.
0: Hello everyone, Timothy Lawson here, host and founder of the One Too Many Veteran Suicide Podcast and Project. Today is Tuesday and I'm back with another story. This story features a friend of mine, Luis Tenizakomura, who I served with in Moscow for a brief period of time and he came he came forward and provided some... Uh, material for me when I made a Facebook post asking about people's experiences using a crisis hotline. And after he messaged me, I followed up asking if he'd be willing to come on the show and share his experiences. And he was nice enough to agree. We talk about about what was going on in his life. We talk about Calling the hotline, what he experienced, what happened afterwards, and I think this is a good, average story. I mean, that's I'm sort of assuming that, uh, but you know, it it sounds like this is something that we can hope to expect from you know when people decide to call these hotlines, which are getting, I don't think they get enough credit that uh, that they're due. So uh, this week, Luis is going to talk to us as a veteran. What it was like calling a hotline. And then next week, Ellen Gusenberg, the director of Crisis Hotline Veterans Press 1, the documentary that won an Oscar, she's going to come on and talk about what it was like being at the the hotline office and what it was like working with those people. So this week and next week, I think, will give us a really interesting insight and perspectives on... Crisis hotlines and how how effective they are. So this is episode seventy. It's okay to be a bitch with Luis Tenizakamora. Enjoy. Uh, Luis, what I want is with the with the dozens and dozens of stories that I've told here on the show, we still really haven't gotten a really good look into someone's experience with a hotline i think a couple veterans have mentioned it but no one's ever like spoken on that experience yeah so maybe provide a little bit of context as to what you were personally experiencing before you made the decision to call the hotline and then you know talk to us about you know that decision the phone call uh you know and we'll work from there so first of all what was going on in your life that prompted uh you to make that phone call
1: Uh, let me see. Well, you know how the Marine Corps teaches you how to, um, you know, for them, it's mostly about mission accomplishment, right? They don't necessarily care about how you're feeling just as long as you get the mission done. So, um, I learned that in the Marine Corps. And then when I got out, I kind of learned how to keep things bottled up, you know? Um, you keep things bottled up and then you, you, you know, you just deal with whatever is going on in front of you. But feelings aside, you know, I, you, you don't think about any of that. So, um, up until, uh, I think it was like two years ago, I, um, you know, I started having trouble with, um, uh, with my, uh, you know, with my ex-wife, um, and, uh, you know, all these things, you know, you know, family trouble and then, you know, shit that, um, I'm sorry, stuff that, uh, stuff that bothers <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, you're fine, you know, stuff that, uh, stuff that you just keep bottled up, basically. Uh, you know, uh, from when you were in the Marine Corps, you know, I, I became a pro at it basically. Um, yeah. you know, and then, uh, you know, I think it was about a year ago. I had, uh, I had basically had enough. Uh, I, it was towards the end of my, uh, I guess you can say towards the end of my marriage. Well, Last year was basically when when she moved, so that kind of hit the um hit the the turning point you know uh when she moved and uh I wasn't able to see my kids, so you know what I mean like all that just poured out sure and uh it became kind of hard to just deal with stuff you know so I seek the uh, that's when I started seeking a hotline um you do you know. remember
0: which do you remember which hotline you called?
1: I called the uh the the one that's on the website, the, um the veterans hotline. Uh okay. it's it's an 800 number. Um yeah. But that yeah. was that was the the first line I called. And uh you know, I talked to the person on there. Like one of the first things they ask you is uh, are you suicidal? And uh you know, honestly I couldn't I couldn't answer the question. You know? Um Cause I were was like you,
0: were you unsure, or were you just afraid to admit that that's what was happening?
1: I was afraid to admit it um i had been uh I had been afraid to admit it for such a long time, but that like when I called them, I was still afraid to actually tell them because you know it's it's hard to admit to somebody that you know you've been having thoughts and uh you really don't know how somebody's gonna receive it um you know what I mean? And, like, I was afraid basically to just face myself. Um, so, so uh, what's up? What, uh, you
0: know, they asked you if you were suicidal. You weren't able to admit it. What sort of conversation then did they walk you through from that point?
1: Well, they basically asked me how my day was going. Um, there was a lady I talked to. She was very nice. Uh, she asked me how my day was going, and I uh, basically just pour, poured out. You know, I uh, I told her everything. Uh, I must have been talking to her for about 45 minutes, um, and, you know, it it just became, after I started talking, I don't know, I, it just kind of just poured out, and, um, and she just listened, you know, um, and then after I was done, I felt a little relieved, um, and, you know, then she started asking me if I wanted to see somebody else started asking me uh, asking about where I my whereabouts where I live because the call was anonymous first of all um but after I was done she asked me if I wanted to um basically give out my information so she could help me find something at a local VA facility so you know uh if I wouldn't have felt comfortable then I probably would have just hung up but you know she was she was nice to me uh so she kind of um I guess you can say she warmed up to me and uh i went and uh i uh i gave her my information and uh she looked for for close VA, VA facilities and um so that was it that was like the the beginning of um of a long road actually for me into admitting to myself that you know i i was thinking about it you know
0: yeah well did you did you feel better about did you feel more Optimistic is probably not the word, but did you feel more comfortable with your emotional state after that phone call? Uh,
1: I'm not going to say I felt more comfortable. Uh, I guess I felt more... I felt like I actually had a door to walk through, you know? Um, Like, uh, I felt like, okay, well, I guess I want to take this route, so let me slowly take it. I'm not going to, you know, just go all out so let me just you know let me follow this way and um so that's what yeah that's that's what i did you know i was
0: yeah so what uh you know you said it was a long road did you ever make that phone call again
1: uh no after that she set me up with a um with a local va facility here in jersey Okay. and uh i i, I she set me up with the with a with a lady i forget her name i have moved since then so i'm at a different location now but um she set me up with this lady who was a, a social worker, basically, for uh, the VA. She wasn't a psychologist or anything. She was just like a social worker who talked to veterans. And uh, I think it started around August. Um, so after August, I, you know, I went to, wait, I don't think it's August. I think I'm, I'm going to say like May or something like that. It, it was it was during the, during the first half of last year. Um, and, uh, well, I went, uh, I went to see her a couple of times and, um, you know, it's, first of all, I'm going to say, when you talk about your troubles, it's normal cry. I learned that. I, I learned that, um, it's normal to, I guess, just let out everything. And there were times when I was like, very, like, I just wanted to punch a wall, you know, but she got it all out of me. Um, every session that we had. Uh, I opened up a little more, um, but she was very understanding. Uh, the only thing was though that like when I initially said uh, called the hotline, you know I I was expecting because with the VA you never really know you know uh, a lot of people right. have some negative uh, negative comments, a lot of people have positive. I have mostly positive, but when they were looking for somebody that I could talk to. It took me about a month to finally um, get an appointment, you know. So the scheduling was kind of off, and I hated waiting because I just wanted to, you know, I was anxious to get it all out. But here I am, you know, waiting a couple of weeks and you know, just waiting and waiting, and and then finally the, the appointment comes, you know. So,
0: so scheduling kind of sucks Did the um, the the woman on the hotline was the VA the only option that she brought up on how you could relieve some of your your emotional stress uh
1: as far as i know yes as far as i can remember yes um okay uh, it was only it was only uh it was only help i asked for actually you know i did the 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 thought about asking if there was anything other than the va that could help me never never came to mind so i guess when i asked her it was only va uh related
0: yeah i i asked because there's a lot of there's, I mean, I guess there's not a lot, but there's a few organizations nationwide that, um, you know, while veterans are waiting for their VA appointments and their opportunities there, can provide, uh, you know, counseling within, you know, forty-eight hours of of emotional crisis. So that okay. way you, so that way you can get that opportunity to just let it all out. And so that way you're not feeling that anxiety and that tension anymore. And then you can find then you know, once you're into the VA, you've gotten used to talking about it and stuff like that. And um I've always I've I just wondered if, if that's something that they would have brought up or if, if that's something that definitely needs more of initiative.
1: No, uh they never brought it up. But I guess um maybe it's something that they should because you know, like I said, when I was talking to them it was basically me just you know, looking for answers. Um, so the thought about asking if they know anybody else or any outside help never came to mind, but it is something that they maybe should should emphasize.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you um, would you, if if you knew that a a friend or a fellow veteran was experiencing the same side of, same uh sense of emotional crisis, uh, would you would you recommend that they they call that same hotline? Is that something that you would? Uh, emphasize as a good resource for veterans
1: uh yes of course um because even talking to somebody i mean somebody who just you know you've never met before just totally random person even just talking to somebody just helps a lot um you know it kind of paves way for what's what's to come in the future if you do decide to actually you know let out let everything out
0: yeah, did you did, did you find it easier to talk to someone that you had no no real relationship with? Uh
1: yes. Yes. Um uh ever since I started talking to somebody like I said after the first half of last year, um ever since I started talking to somebody, I uh, every once in a while I would uh like I said like I moved since then, so I had yeah. to start talking to somebody new. So it I don't know, it just it just became I guess it's normal to just talk to somebody new um but at the same time, you know, cuz you know they're there as professionals um and after like I said, after you kind of just talk to somebody about it, you kind of you kind of begin to feel okay about talking about it. Um some of yeah, them were kind of, I... kind of like, okay, all right, what's next? You know, kind of like, just one of them actually. Um, it seemed like he was there just to, you know, just to listen to you. It wasn't he, he, he wasn't there to like guide you or anything. You know, just I, 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 in my experience, it's only been one of them.
0: How, how is this? Uh, I mean, have you opened up to friends or family members about this experience now?
1: Uh, you know, it took me a while to, uh, let them know what I was going through. Um, and, and it wasn't until a couple of months ago that I finally, you know, opened up. And, uh, cause what I, I mean, with, with the VA, they did help me out a lot, you know, talking about it. And, uh, what they helped me understand was, you know, um, you can't blame yourself forever. You know what I mean? Like, so with that said, it, it, I, it, it, they did help me open up the family. Um, so, you know, that, that was pretty good. And it, it only happened up until a few months ago when I kind of, I guess you can say hit rock bottom. And, um, that's, that's after that, it kind of just, you know, I kind of just released everything and, uh, it was good after that.
0: Yeah. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions just so, um, these are meant to maybe help some of the audience members resonate a little bit more with your story, because I think uh, you know the the reason why it's called a one too many in the way that it is with the one comma two comma many yeah. is it's meant to you know when we hear a few a, we, when we hear just a small sample size of stories we realize that this sto- that these stories are really common uh, throughout much of the community. And being able to show people that look, you're not you're not alone in all this is really helpful. So while you're, I mean, did you suffer from any substance abuse, um, or did you find yourself just, you know, picking up bad habits while you were while you're going through this uh, emotional crisis?
1: Uh, let me see. Uh, like I said, I've been I've been bottling up everything. Uh, even even after I started talking about it, I um, I still kept things bottled up. And, uh, it was a day in April when everything just kind of fell apart. Um, and, uh, and ever since that day, I, my drinking increased, um, my, yeah, my drinking increased, uh, even though I was still talking to the psychiatrist, um, they gave me, uh, they gave me, uh, what do you call it? Antidepressants. Um yeah. And, uh, they do have side effects. And they do kind of take a take a make you change a little bit, um, but you know they said don't 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 take it without drinking. But yeah, of course I was drinking. Um, I was going to work drunk. Uh, you know what I mean. So it's like you, f- even though you're talking about it, it, it takes a while for you to get over it. Um, so even though you're talking about it, you still kind of feel like like there's nothing helping you. You know um you may talk so you're to, yeah
0: so you're you're a little you're a little more than a year past that that you know that day in April
1: yeah you know where
0: do you where do you stand now on uh are you how often are you seeing uh a counselor and how is your drinking uh improved or not improved since then and and how are you emotionally overall
1: okay uh let me see um like i said. April is when everything just came um came crashing down, but I didn't hit rock bottom until a couple of months ago. i'm gonna say June uh or towards the end of may um i'm gonna say i uh i uh I drank for a couple of days and I don't remember any of it but uh but uh, you know what I, I totally forgot your question. I was getting to there, but I totally forgot what it was that you asked.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, so, like, we're, so let's start with it. How, um, how often are you seeing counseling now?
1: Okay, uh, I saw counseling, uh, um, I I haven't seen the counselor for the past, uh, couple of months, because, uh, like I said, after I hit that, that point of, um, of being drunk for, I think I was drunk for, like, three straight days, um, I don't remember any of it, all I remember is just laying in my couch and, you know, just basically trying to drink to death, you know? Um, And then uh, about a week later, that's when I saw a counselor. um, And I I told him what happened. So, but when I hit that point, um, you know, out of all people, my older brother, he's the one who actually came and talked to me. Up to this point, nobody really knew how bad I was until my brother came and saw me. And he saw, like, how I was shaking and he saw like how i was like reacting and all these things i was a I was a i was a miserable mess um so he talked to me and uh he has he he's always been my big brother and i've always looked up to him but he has never actually given me advice that has been so helpful as up to that point you know and i'm going to say it's because of him um why i today um rarely drink anymore uh I am in top physical shape um you know, so it's because of him, but I saw the counselor a week later after that just to let let him know that I will only seek him when I think i'm I'm going back down, but I haven't uh, you know, I've been happy ever since um, I stopped taking uh the antidepressants um you know i I still have this you know tough tough guy mentality. So I'm like, you know what? I don't need these antidepressants because I am good right now, you know. Um, so right now I'm still, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing better now, a lot better. I guess you yeah. I'm, 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 uh, I'm kind of, I kind of hit 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 that point, you know, where I'm, where I'm just, I was just tired of of, of feeling sorry for myself. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's dude, that's really good to hear. I'm glad, uh, you know that's the That's the upside to all of these stories right is you you know we hear about when you're at your worst we hear about all the troubles you went through but uh the just the fact that you're here to share the conversation and and tell us about your current your, your life is is already optimistic and uh it's even even better to hear that you're doing doing so well now
1: yeah yeah and, so um... when
0: how do you uh you know let's you know, let's let's wrap up with you know maybe what would you say to you know a, uh, a veteran or anybody that's that was in your shoes, uh, you know in in that you know April day uh, when you start feeling it all come sort of crashing down. Uh, you know what? Is it as simple as you know? Do you believe it's as simple as just go talk to someone, find someone you can talk to? Uh,
1: it's not simple to talk to somebody. Let me just say that. <laughs> um, I think, what, I think, I think what one needs to realize first of all is, can I, can, can I, can I say, uh, the B word? Go ahead. All uh, right. It's okay to be a bitch. Um, it's okay to, to just, you know, at first you got to realize to yourself that, you know, Hey, it, it's okay. It's okay that, you know, you're, you're, you're just so, so weak at this point, you know? Um, once you realize that, it, it kind of—I don't know—it it becomes way easier to talk to people. Um, you know, when you have that tough guy mentality, it's—and—and and you think you know nothing can hurt you, as as the Marine Corps freaking teaches you. You know, um, it, it, it's really hard. But once you once you uh, once you tell yourself, you know, hey, I'm a bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> once you once you get to that point, it 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 it, it just I don't know. It seemed a lot easier for me, you know, like I I didn't care how like, you know, because like I said, I I like my family and they always I don't know. They always like think, oh, nothing can hurt this guy, you know, but, you know, it's okay.
0: Absolutely. Luis, thank you so much for for being so willing to talk to me. I mean, I I know uh, you've talked to other people about this uh, time and time again now, and I really appreciate you opening up once more uh, for me and my audience.
1: No, no, thank you. And it's it's like, uh, like I said, it, it, you know, it helps talking about it. Um, there's no shame in that. Once you get over that, you, you know, you, you can talk to as many people about it as possible and it, it does help a lot. I really
0: appreciate Luis coming on and talking to us about his experience with the, with the hotline his own issues as he was having, how he overcame them, and where he's at now. It takes a lot of courage to come forward and to be open and honest and vulnerable about these things. So, uh, and I, if you or, or someone, someone you know, could benefit from calling a crisis line, or if you're ever in a circumstance where you or someone could could need to call one one, one eight hundred two seven three eight two 555, five, press 1. That's the Veterans Crisis Line. Use that number in, uh, in any mental or emotional crisis you or a loved one may be having and let them walk you through a conversation that should hopefully bring you to some sort of calm or uh, at least a, a point of perspective and, and be able to step forward in the right direction to, uh, to help save a life. On this same topic, as I mentioned in the intro, Ellen Gusenberg, the director of Crisis Hotline, Veteran Press 1, she will be on the show next week. Look forward to that. Thank you so much for listening. I know there's a lot of options out there on the internet that demand your time. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to me and my guests and their stories. Take care.